blackboard banter on the board with your hosts matt middleton and kevin rayner where the banter's as ferocious as austin matthews 51 and 50 i mean being the first guy since mary lemieux to do something that's some pretty pretty heady company and i might hate myself just a little bit for talking about the leafs right off the bat classic this guy montreal fans sad about toronto but i mean 50 goals in 50 games, 51, you know, getting that extra one in there is a lot, is a lot. And this kid's been pretty special for this team that is hoping, beyond hope, that this is going to be their year. Man, it hurt me just a little bit more that I was against the Montreal Canadiens that he did it. (laughs) And the fact that it was kind of a weak second goal, like Sam Montembeau probably should have had. It was his first shot of the game because Jake Allen got hurt. Ah, man, and that, we could have beat them. You know, it was 3-2 game. Martin Saint-Louis would have been 3-0 against the Leafs in his young career. That would have just made me so happy. But, of course, they did it. And, yeah, man, it's looking like it could be their year. We'll see. I mean, they're pumping Washington right now 7-2 last time I saw it. I mean, they got to beat some teams because with their playoff matchup potentially coming up, Toronto is in for a scary future regardless of which way the coin flips. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think it's really funny because at the beginning of the year, you know, I was talking about how they'll probably win the Stanley Cup for all the the karma that Montreal fans have been throwing at Toronto for, I mean, since 67, really. (laughs) But really, especially after last year. And to have, you know, Tampa or Boston as your first round matchup, to be the home team so they do get four games at home, I feel like if they can break through either one of those teams, they'll probably go to the Cup because, I mean... You said it, man. They either play the dynasty of the Tampa Bay Lightning or the boogeyman in, in the Boston Bruins. Man, you say they're playing at home, but Boston owns that arena. I'm sorry. Boston lives rent-free in every Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs fan's brain. It's just a fact. It's just a fact of how things go. So it's going to be a tough matchup for this team come playoff time. Oh, man. I would not want to play either one of those teams. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, man. If they could somehow even drop to play the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round and stay out of that side of the bracket. Because, I mean, Florida's not going to be a cakewalk in the second round either. It's going to be pretty exciting, you know. Calgary over here, the top team. Matt's over here thinking they could go all the way in the West. I mean, I know that this city around me is going to lose itself if they make any serious playoff damage. Honestly, man, I just don't see anybody else in the West really doing that much damage. I really see... I mean, maybe Colorado... Um, but it's it's probably going to be the Western Conference Finals between those two teams, and, and that team's going to make the Cup, obviously. But maybe even win it the whole thing, man. I think I think it's going out West this year. It's going to be fun. We'll break it down later once we get into those playoffs themselves. But we got to talk about basketball because it's time. You know, the play-in has already started. We've seen four pretty awesome games, you know. Not all great, but we've had some fantastic bangers. And you know what? I got to give Pat Bev his credit. Matt knows I rip on this man. I don't like Pat Bev, but this guy with a stellar performance, getting almost getting guys kicked out of the game so that they can get a W. Clippers, one more loss, and you can make my prediction come true. Man, you're halfway there, and I honestly, you know I hate Pat Bev just as much as you do. I the emotion, the crying, the jumping on the scores table like they won a championship man i mean like tone it back just a little bit but i get it was a huge game for him i just love at the the press conference when ant-man's talking about you know gotta get ready for the grizzlies and he just cracks a beer man (laughs) 
Classic Pat Bev. Man, he I that's what that's why I say I have to give him a little respect here because Pat Bev was a dog in that game. He fought. He made sure that his team had every little advantage they could. And I mean, if we can talk about Cat selling real quick, because the teams oh, yeah. were this close to losing right off the bat. And if it wasn't for Ant Man deciding that he was gonna come out and play and Pat Bev working hard and Let's not, talk, let's not forget about D'Lo and the extra little things, the way he's facilitating, the way he's accepting not having to be number one. Man, the Clippers probably could have won that game. Dude, the Clippers were ahead in that game. And honestly, Pat Beverly had three fouls in the first quarter, I'm pretty sure. And I thought, oh, man, that's going to really affect their team. Cat could not get it going to save his life in this game. But, hey, man, that other number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, just said, I'm unguardable tonight, and some like his first seven points were the first seven of the game for the Timberwolves, and they were beautiful, man. The drives, the three, I, the guy is on his way to being really special, and I think he might be better than Lamelo Ball, even though Lamelo Ball gets all the credit in the world, man. We'll talk about that game though, because man, look, Brooklyn's coming through. That means I'm halfway to getting my predictions right, and. That long-awaited early prediction of the Pelicans, man, making the playoffs. I'm so close to it. I'm so close. I mean, I'm a part of that battle now. I need the Pels to, to work on my side to get through the Clippers, which I think is going to happen, Matt. But yeah, we're both over here halfway through our takes from last week. Come next week, hopefully we'll be all the way through it and we'll both be right. But it's going to be really interesting. But... It's time to talk about the play-in more. We've already started discussing it. Where do you want to go? What hasn't been brought up? What's on your mind from the games the last few days, Matt? Um, I, we want to talk about the Atlanta-Charlotte game that happened last night. Um, I think that's a really good point to start with. I sent you that stat that, like, you know, LaMelo Ball's the youngest player since LeBron James to average 26-6 and six in a playoff game, quote-unquote, because these aren't actually counting towards playoff stats. The guy was... Stu stat stuffing when it was like a 30 point blowout in the fourth quarter they just left him on the court to get his stats like if you watch that game he was pretty bad him and Trey Young I'm not going to let Trey Young off the hook man Kevin Huerta was unbelievable in the first half and saved that roster it was a very interesting game Trey kind of got held down. I think, you know, you can credit James Borrego for a good defensive strategy against him. But I think that what we saw at the end of the day was the Hornets losing their composure, losing the consistency. And like I said at the beginning of the season when I was talking about this team, they just don't have centers. They don't have center depth, and it all started to fall apart. When Bridges got ejected, that just showed it at that point, right? Like, they, they did not have the composure to get through a team that, I'm sorry, was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and have slipped their way potentially back into the playoffs almost. They just don't have the veterans or the savvy to, to be prepared for these games. I think it's the second year in a row that they've been in the play-in and second year in a row that they've gotten blown out. They just... They're a little bit too young. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years because they're obviously a young team, but they've got to really learn from these last two years, and obviously they didn't learn from from last year. You talk about needing a veteran presence. Uh, second year of no Gordon Hayward in the play-in because he is injured and doesn't get to play. He was supposed to be their veteran. They paid him all that money, and 
when it comes down to a playoff time, he hasn't been there. So Hornets, very, very important offseason to come up. But we'll talk about them another time. Let's talk about the Hawks a little bit. Uh, I mean, not much more to say about them. We kind of hit it on, on the money there. You know, they played a good game. Kevin Horte was fantastic. Um, and and Trey Young was not amazing, but still enough to get by. Like, the Hawks were a good team. And I, I, I mean, think... don't get me wrong. <laughs> Trey Young had that no-look dime that was unbelievable. Um, and he did some Trey Young things. I mean, this guy led the NBA in scoring and assists this year, total. So, he's, he's good at basketball. <laughs> at the end of the day, experience pulled this Hawks team through. So we're done with that series. Let's let's move past it. We'll deal with them later. Do you want to stick in the West? Do you want to go to the East? Do you want to talk about Brooklyn? Like where we're we going? in the East, bro. Oh my let's gosh. stay in the East, my with brain. Brooklyn, man. Because Kyrie Irving on Wednesday night or Tuesday night was a masterpiece. The guy started seven of seven. He had like I think eight points in the final like forty seconds of that half. It was the shots he was hitting are just impossible like he's it doesn't matter what you're doing how you guard him the guy was just unguardable that night and when he's unguardable and katie's going off you get a 32 point 13 for 14 first half combined from your two star players we felt bad for the Cavs watching this game you know at this point after the season that they've had they just didn't have enough Kyrie, kd they were just absolutely too much for them and they came out with a bang, and the Cavs just couldn't crawl their way back. Look, man, if the Cavs had Jared Allen, I think that would have been a closer game. And the this is what really scares me about the Brooklyn Nets, is that they showed you who they are in this game like they've been showing you all season. No game is important enough for them to play the full 48. They were up 20-plus points, and that game was tight at the end. They had to, you know, hit some clutch shot, make some clutch plays. And... That's just not going to cut it in the playoffs against a team like Boston, man. No. Honestly. They're going to fall short unless Simmons comes around, unless something happens. But they were enough to get over the Cavs. But there's really not much more to talk about that game. You talked about Allen. He's going to potentially be available for this game versus the Hawks, which will be really good. But I think we can wait to talk about Brooklyn until we get into that series. Let's talk about Hawks and Cavs now because it's going to be a really interesting matchup. You know, come tomorrow night. If Jared Allen is healthy, I think that'll really help, especially with the bigs that Atlanta's got. You know, Capella doing what Capella does. But I think if the Cavs are on their game, I think they can make it happen unless Trey Young goes absolutely off. Dude, I'm absolutely nervous about my prediction from last week after watching what the Hawks did, um, especially without Trey Young playing at the level that you can expect Trey Young to play at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be really, really nerve-wracking for the Cavs. Um, and hopefully Jared Allen's healthy, but, you know, integrating a player of that magnitude back into your lineup after he's injured, how is he going to play? How is he going to affect the game? Is he going to be confident to, you know, lean on his body the way that he needs to? It's it's starting to become more of a Hawks lean for me, man. But, like, I got to stay with the Cavs because I picked them last week, and... I think Evan Mobley, he was their best player in that game against Brooklyn, and it showed. Like, the guy is absolutely unreal at basketball, and Darius Garland's pretty good, too. Yeah, the Cavs have a good team. There's a reason why they were up so high on the table throughout the year, and everyone 
is nervous for the Cavs right now. It's just kind of the situation that you're in when you have that losing game against Brooklyn, but the hope is that they come together. I think it's going to be a banger game. I really think that it's going to be a really good game. It might be the better of the two games that we're going to see on Friday, just because I don't think either of these teams is going to just not show up. I think both of them realize what's at stake, and you know, like I said last year when I was talking about the Washington Wizards and Westbrook having the opportunity to lose that first game, come back, get the W, and in that second game, hopefully the Cavs will keep that mentality and not just keep digging themselves lower because they, they lost a game and now they might lose another one, right? Yeah, I think they'll definitely come out swinging. But if we want to swing it out to the West, man, um, that Pelicans game last night, I could not believe how great CJ McCollum was. I mean, I can't believe it because the guy's a fantastic player, but wow. That roster with JV and Brandon Ingram, and you're not even seeing Zion on it, like that could be a major contender next year in the West. There was a point in the third quarter where JV just took over, you know, took a turnaround, you know, J kind of not not quite from the three point line, just in front of it. Then he got an easy an easy dunk, and then the guy was feeling it. And he went up for a three pointer, which he missed. The only shot he missed from three that night because he only took the one. But you're right, they have a great team and I mean Zion threw up a 360 dunk in practice right before the game and everybody was like whoa you shouldn't do this you're injured but the Pelicans are chugging along man and I'm really I'm with you now I want to see it happen I'm hopeful for this team they got a good W against the Spurs and they they're they're so good man I think honestly between McCollum and Ingram they've got enough just natural scoring ability from all areas and you know everyone talks about in the playoffs you need that guy who can just get a bucket both of them are those guys and it's why I miss JV it's why I'd never wanted to trade him in the first place because he's a walking 20 and 10 man he is he's just consistently consistently good and the Spurs just they didn't have it man Murray was sick he wasn't up to his normal standard and I mean he carries that roster I mean we, we were talking about him and Keldon shooting like 11 for 38 or something maybe even more like the Spurs were off what I hope like I said it last year is this going to be the end of Greg Popovich are we going to be sad on the one hand you know, Greg, go retire, man. Go live your life. Be happy or something. But, like, I know you want to grind and keep playing basketball, so bring it back. The success story for the Spurs is the fact that they lost all those pieces. You know, DeMar left. Um, Rudy Gay left. You know, they lost their veterans. And are they, do they not have the exact same situation as they were last year? Ten seed out? Yeah. Right from the beginning? So that's a, that's a W. I would take that as a W, wouldn't you? Yeah, honestly, I, I think they've got a decent young roster to kind of build with and, and push forward, and they're known for hitting late-round drafts outside the lottery, so uh, we see if they can add to it. Um, but, man, that's just it. My favorite, I mean, we already talked about it, the Wolves just beating the Clippers. Uh, Clippers going to clip, man, <laughs> and I hope the Pelicans can beat them. I And I think they have a great shot, man, because – Yes, PG is great, and he had a great performance against the T-Wolves. Not unworld, otherworldly like he needed, um, but I don't think he has that otherworldly performance in him, and I think McCollum and Ingram and JV are just too much for that roster uh, without Kawhi. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. 
you know, regardless of which way it goes, but of course I'm rooting for the Pels. You know, I, I will root for Norm. I want him to get more shots. I was sad. The guy put up 12, 14 points or something in the first half and then ends with 16 points to end the game. Like, get this man the ball. We need more for him. But we'll see what happens come the future. But I think that's really it for the play-in, Matt. I don't know about you. Oh, man, that that's definitely it for the play-in. If you want, we can, like, set up round one. We can talk about what's going on. Where do you want to start? I mean, I, I'm definitely down to, to set up round one. We can go through the individual series minus the Raps versus Philly series. We'll save that one for the absolute end. But I'll give you the floor, man. West, East, where do you want to start? Because let's talk about one of these series. I think the best series that we have to talk about is definitely going to be Brooklyn-Boston. Um, honestly, I don't know which way to lean. People are saying that Ben Simmons is probably going to play in this series. They're targeting game four. Um, maybe sooner. I just... I've got to lean Boston here just because they've been the better team all year. They've really come on. Um, Ime Udoku has been fabulous for them. And Jason Tatum has been that star. And if he can go at Kevin Durant and you know, kind of knocked them out of the playoffs, he's definitely arrived, and I think he wants that. I mean, I think Tatum, you know, fought his way into the top six MVP situation come the end of the year. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that yeah. team really worked itself back up. They're the number one defense in the league for a reason. Is Time Lord healthy is the big question, right? We don't know how healthy he's going to be. There's rumors that he could probably come back, so... Simmons, Time Lord, who's going to affect the series more? There's there's so many ways to think about it, and that's why I can't not look here and, and talk about a seven-game series. You know, KD, Kyrie, they're going to get a couple games. They might even steal all four, just themselves. But at the end of the day, this Celtics team is ready to fight, and I think Udoka is going to go off in the playoffs. The schemes he's going to figure out, the way that this team is going to rotate and play, man, the Celtics are strong for a reason. And that's the thing about the Brooklyn Nets the Kyrie KD dependency and they have to be 100% on and if something goes off if something's not 100% right they're gonna falter and they're gonna falter big which is gonna give Boston a ton of confidence to be able to knock them out of the playoffs so at the end of the day I think I'm leaning Boston especially with you know the Time Lord rumors out there that he's definitely going to play in this series, that's going to help their defense, and they've been one of the best defenses in the league the whole year. So, we'll see what the Brooklyn Nets have, man. Um, I just don't think they're going to have enough against Boston. I'm completely with you. We're on the same page when it comes to this series. I'm excited to talk about it when we get in. We're in a really good place this year, you know. We're going to get, like, three, four games into a lot of these series come this time next week. So, you know, we don't get to see the start because we still got to wait for the play-in tomorrow. But it's going to be exciting to break down what we've seen, what we haven't seen, and how these teams change up. And the Celtics and the Nets, there's going to be a lot to change up game by game. Absolutely, man. And I think, like, an easier series to talk about here, uh, probably going to be a gentleman's sweep. We'll stay in the East, and we'll stay on that side of the bracket with the Bucks and Chicago. I just, I can't see it, man. Chicago's defense is nowhere near where it was to start the season. No Lonzo Ball. Alex Caruso's kind of not been 100% since he's come back. And Yanni will give him a game. You know, he's a gentleman, so he'll, he'll take the gentleman's gentleman sweep. The Bulls are... 
you know, you could say they're the sad story of the season, but also, like, their expectations was to make the playoffs. And here they are as the sixth seed, secured the playoffs. They had a really good run. If it wasn't for injuries, they'd be higher up on the table. It's just a fact, right? We can't deny the fact that if it wasn't for injuries, they'd be higher up on the table. And I mentioned it last week or a few weeks ago about their whole flow situation and how they have to rely on DeMar because that's the only way for them to have won as many games as they did through the stretch of injuries. But, yeah, man, you can't. This Bucks team, they're the defending champs. Defending champs don't go out in the first round, not when they're facing an opponent like this. Vucevic will not be enough. Lonzo is not healthy. Caruso has looked a shell of himself since coming back from injury. Like, DeMar could take a game. That's why they'll gentlemen sweep him. They'll give DeMar his 40-point game, but... Man, I don't know. This is going to be a really weird situation for Zach Levine, man. Going into into the offseason, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Like, We're going to break it out way later, but the Bucks have it, man. Drew Holiday's too, too good. Yeah, I think I think the Bucks easily, easily have this one. And I think the other easy one out east, I mean, we're not going to touch the Raptors one until Raptors chat, is the Heat are probably going to walk over the, the Hawks or the Cavs. I think if they get the Cavs, though, I would feel like it's going to be a six-game series and it's going to be a little bit more of a fight for the Heat. I think the Hawks are just a little bit too shallow and the the Heat match up too well against them for them to, to kind of make it a real series. The Hawks match up poorly. They just do. You know, Bam wins. Kyle locks down Trey. Jimmy can go off because they don't really have the defense, and Jimmy doesn't really go off. That's the best part. And then Tyler Hero is going to shoot the lights out of their bench, right? Like, I'm sorry to the fans, but this is usually how it works, right? It's the first seed. They're supposed to win. That's why they're the first seed. So, yeah, easy series to break out. It's going to be interesting to see if Bam can come back into his own. You know, he really struggled last year in the playoffs. We're going to see if he can come and be relevant, but Kyle's going to go... Take this team through the first round pretty easily. It's going to be the second round that's going to be his struggle. Dude, Kyle's a playoff performer now. I mean, he went through the struggles. We watched it, and he won that championship. And he was probably our best player in the bubble in terms of what he was doing for our team on the court, the defense, the intangibles. Yes, maybe Siakam was our best scorer, even though he wasn't. Um, But... (laughs) You know, Kyle Lowry, man. We we gotta give it to Kyle. Let's swing it out west, man. Do you wanna go top or bottom? How do you let's, how do you wanna play this? Let's start at the top. Let's get the Suns out of the way, you know. The Pelicans would be a fun series just for certain matchups, and I wanna see J V, you know, kind of put Aiton in his place a little bit, I think would be fun. But the Clippers, man, I feel like the Clippers would get walked over by the Suns. I 100% agree with you. I am right there. I think that the Suns are hoping that the Clippers win because that's a four-game easy sweep for them. They've got nothing that can stop, you know, Aiton and CP3, and then Booker's going to do his thing. I mean, PG's going to try and lock him down, but I don't think he has a, has a shot at it. But the Pels, man, with JV, with Brandon Ingram, with CJ McCollum, and if Zion can play... That's a scary, scary matchup if I'm Phoenix. As, like, the best team far and away in the NBA and in the Western Conference to have to play this squad, Yeah, I would be kind of upset about it. I still think the Suns win that series. But the name you didn't mention, right, was that shooting guard, was Herb Jones. He's a defensive monster. And to get to watch a series of him against Devin Booker, 
I'm really excited to see. To see how he reacts to the to that that backcourt of Devin Booker and CP3, to see how that can work. While having CJ McCollum, who isn't an amazing defender, but is still a good defender in his own right. And when you have that anchor in JV, when you have, you know, Ingram kind of just to float around, I don't even know who starts at four for the Pelicans, but hopefully it's going to be Zion. Like, would be a fun series to watch the Suns win in probably six. I would even say seven, man. If the Pels got in and they got Zion in, I would say seven because... I'm a Pelicans believer, man. They, <laughs> they proved me wrong at the beginning of the season, but here they are, baby. Here they are. Let's meanwhile, go. Meanwhile, Bismack Biombo is going to, like, steal game six over here by dropping, like, 25 and 15 on rebounds because, you know, we the Suns <laughs> did deal with their center depth problem, so it, it, it would be a fun series, you know. Regardless, I would enjoy the Suns slapping down the Clippers, but I really want to see Suns-Pels in the first round. Yeah, man, and I think... Another really good series out west is going to be Minnesota-Memphis. Um, I think this is some really young, young teams with some great top-tier talent. Anthony Edwards, John Morant are like kind of similar players in terms of what they can do on the court. Um, you've got Cat. You've got versus Jaron Jackson Jr. That's going to be fun. Um, I think. Bain and Brooks versus D'Lo is going to be fun, and Pat Bev. Uh, I kind of think it's probably going to be an easy series for Memphis, not in terms of each game, but an overall play. I think it's going to go five games because I think they'll get one blowout and then three or four really close games. This is that interesting playoff series where you want to say that any team could win any game because it's such a fun game to watch. The matchups are interesting and they're both teams that like to push the pace, be aggressive, and fight. Fight hard to win the game. But at the end of the day when you when you line your players up, when you think about your skills, when you think about the season, the Grizzlies are just that much better in almost everything than the T-Wolves. And with what we saw with Cat in the play-in game and the fact that there is very little history for this Minnesota team and their playoff runs, you have to give it to this Grizzlies team. You know, you, ha- you have to give it to Jaw. You have to give it to Jenkins in this squad because they've proved themselves as the second-best team record-wise in the NBA. And I think the playoffs are just going to continue that train of thought. And let's be honest, man. Cat's whole playoff record, I think they've got the one series that went five games against Houston back in 2018. And his top scoring game is 23 points in that game five. That's not not good for Carl Anthony Towns, a guy who his career average is 23 points and 11 rebounds. So that would definitely give me some hesitation seeing him really, really, really struggle in the play-in. Um, so that's why I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably going to have his number, man. The reason why I look at this series as potentially the the really exciting series in the West is because this Grizzlies team has had a college basketball-esque season. With the way those boys are playing, with the way they've come together, they have had a season of college basketball in my mind. And you know what happens at the end of college basketball? There's a tournament. And who knows what's going to happen at the end of that tournament. You don't know if your team's coming back. You don't know if it's going to be the same. You don't know if this guy's going to the NBA. So it's here and now. And if this team comes together, if Jaw is playing at the peak of his level, and the role players come in and fill their role, the Grizzlies are going to make some noise in this year's playoffs. And the first series is going to be their coming out party to the NBA. 
Well, dude, looking at the bracket, I mean, if you want to break down the other teams that are in that side with Golden State and Denver, I mean, Denver just doesn't have enough. Uh, Nikola Jokic is probably going to be the, the front runner and runaway MVP candidate because of his metrics, the the things that he was able to do on the the court, the first player to average X points, X assists, X rebounds. You know, like, he's amazing. He is. But that team just doesn't have the depth around him and Golden State I think since the Raptors beat them have been one of the most brittle teams in the NBA when it comes to their most important players none of them can stay healthy none of them can play at the same time and at the beginning of the season when I thought they were going to win I mean they had a healthy Steph Curry and he's only probable hopeful for game one it's almost a sad series, right? Because both of these teams, if fully help, healthy, are contenders, are top-tier contenders. If they have a fully healthy team, they play their full seasons, people put them as the number two seed, the number three seed, even the number one seed. And so that's why it's kind of sad. But it's still going to be an interesting series. You know, Jokic versus Curry. Curry was an almost MVP runaway at one point in time in this season. When they went on that 28 game to like five run in the middle of the season when they were at the second when they were second on the table just slightly behind the suns and the two of them were doing their thing right so anything's possible game six clay is a a monster in in some people's minds so anything is possible for this series i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the thing about that is though man is that jordan Poole might be the shooting guard that they need to start with Clay's injuries, he hasn't shown that he is Clay Thompson anymore. Yeah. And that's gotta be nerve wracking for them. Draymond, you know, he's been hurt this season, he's been hurt a lot over the last few years. Steph Curry's brittle. It's a tough series for both teams, and I've gotta kinda lead Golden State in six. But I think just cause Denver just doesn't have enough. I'm over here with Nuggets and Seven just because I want to believe in the Joker. I want to see him go through. And I think it will be more fun to try to watch Memphis into the finals of the West when they get through Denver because I think Denver's an easier matchup for them. So yeah, then I'm like, I'm game-playing it in both directions over here. But if you want to talk about Mavs, Jazz, the series that we were so excited for until just like a week ago... Well, honestly, I thought it was going to be a fantastic series either way. But now that Luka's hurt, I still think it's going to be close. But I think Utah's probably going to take it pretty easily if Luka can't play. And he's definitely out for game one, which is brutal. Brutal for this team that was riding an absolute high. The Mavs are in a great place. Hopefully the team can come together and get a W. And let's not forget, the Jazz are rocky at best right now. Yes. Number one offense in the league. Let's not forget the way that they run their system is beautiful and they knock down their shots. But there are some things going on. There's some rumbling underneath the floorboards of this organization. And a first round exit for them is only going to make more of that come to the surface. Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough, man. Um, Utah, they've, they've got some some bad things you're right like there's there's definitely some issues in that locker room i just that whole team is based on luca and what luca can do and if luca's not there i don't have faith in spencer dinwiddie and jalen brunson to be able to you know kind of 
keep this team going, keep this team at the upper echelon of it. And at the end of the day, the Dallas Mavericks are just not going to have enough without Luka. It's just the way that it's going to be. He's going to be a very important team member, obviously. And that's why I lean to Mavs in seven. Because I want to see Luka do it. I want to see him come back and fight his way through this series. But we, you're right. We can't forget about this Jazz team. We can't forget about what Mitchell can do in the playoffs. Gobert is still a defensive monster. And shooter's going to shoot, right? And though Utah has struggled, they do have shooters. So it's going to be a fun series to watch. We'll see what the outcome will be And I think in the end. I think that's it for the, the first-round matchups, man. I think... You know, they're going to be some fun first-round matchups for sure. There's definitely going to be your classic, you know, blowouts. There always is in the, in the NBA. But, hey, man, sign me up for, for the 2-7 matchup in the East. And, you know, when we talk about those Raptors, we'll get into it a little bit more. But I think we want to do the, the awards where we think people are going to end up at. We'll start with the most important one, the one that we talked about, you know, the Joker running away with. I really want to see Embiid, or I mean, not Embiid, uh, Giannis get it. I think Embiid's third in the voting. But for me, I just don't think the writers are going to give it to him. I think that he didn't have a clear-cut, far-and-away better season than those two guys enough for a guy who's won it twice already to, to keep it again. Absolutely. And and we broke down MVP a week or two ago, and our thoughts have not changed on it, right? We're still in the same place. Now, Joel getting the scoring title might give him that little bit more. I mentioned it, how, you know, you get people in your minds, you get people thinking about you could happen. But yeah, I think Joker's going to run away with it. You know, a double back-to-back would be really cool, especially when Giannis is literally nipping at the heels of this award. But at the end of the day, I still... Still got to give it to Jokic. Giannis, he has that raw talent. He's the best player in the NBA, and he's got that versatility. But what Jokic is doing is is stupid. No, oh, it's it's unheard of, man. And I mean, let's just switch into to Rookie of the Year because I think our boy. It was such a tight race, but I think he nudged him out at the end there because you're right. It's what did you do for me lately? And it's the kid who won the Rookie of the Month in the last month of the NBA season. It's the guy who got his team into the playoffs in a secure spot as opposed to Evan Mobley, who's now fighting for it. I mean, the poor guy was hurt, but hey, man, it's 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 a sports league, man. What have you done for me lately? I think the conversation of Rookie of the Year has turned into, oh, it's Evan Mobley's award to lose and Scotty's on his heels to now, oh, if Cade wins it over Scotty, I will be so upset. This will be egregious. It will not be okay. Like, guys... Scotty Barnes is the Rookie of the Year. He's proved it. He's ready to keep proving it. Now, we'll talk about the Raptors more when we get into it, but there's nothing more else that I need to say when it comes to Rookie of the Year. Absolutely, man. We've broken it down for a couple weeks now. Do you want to do Defensive Player of the Year? I mean, this one is a huge toss-up. There are so many deserving candidates. I feel like the writers are just going to default and give it to Gobert again, but I would love to see, like... Yanni get it maybe maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. Where where is your head at? So you mentioned two of my three that were going to be my honorable mentions. Obviously Giannis because of his help defense, his versatility, how he's had to change into being a center for half of the season. And you know Jaron Jackson has been fantastic, extremely under the radar. Matt knows I love Triple J, but I want to give Bridges some love, man. I want to give Bridges some love out in Phoenix. This guy has been the rock, the absolute the absolute anchor 
for this team. They're the third-ranked defense, all right? You know, we, we've been fighting for years. Stop giving it to a big man. If this year hasn't proven that you need to split the award into a big and a, and a rotation player, you need to because Bridges, you know, Marcus Smart is still up there. You know, I have to give him his credit. You know, we've got, you know, got Thibel, OG, so many players that are in the wings, but Bridges is that wing player that I got to I gotta give some credit to. Honestly, man, if Bridges won it, I would not be upset. You know I'm a huge fan of that guy. I think he does all of the little things so well for that Phoenix team that really makes them that elite contender. Um, he's one of the best, best 3 and D guys in the league. And I think he's only getting better. Um, I think on a lesser team, he might even be an all-star. So at the, just for his defense. So at the end of the day, man, um, I'm totally on board with you giving him the, him the award. I'm good with all, any of those three. Just please don't give it to Gobert again. Please. <laughs> at this point, we, we need to move on to it. So let's talk about six man of the year real quickly. It's probably going to go to Tyler Hero. It's just kind of the way that the system in Miami works. But I need to shout out Kevin Love, all right? This guy has had a resurgence in Cleveland. He's been fantastic. He led me to a fantasy championship for the second year in a row. Thank you very much, Kevin Love. I got to give my shout out to that, man. Absolutely, man. No, I think you're right. I think everybody's kind of runaway choice is Tyler Hero. But I love that you gave some Kevin Love shout-out here, man. Um, we all know that Monty Williams was voted by, you know, his peers as the as the coach of the year. But Ime Udoka, man, the turnaround. I think you got to watch the 30 games at the front of the season. For a guy who's in his rookie season of the NBA, to be able to have the turnaround he did with this roster to figure it out, to put the pieces in place, and to game plan for the back, what, 60-plus games has been unreal. He's got this team clicking at a high, high level, and I would love to see the guy win it. I think it's a great choice. I also have to shout out Nick Nurse, who, if, with a healthy team, could probably be have done the same thing that he made did. But at the end of the day, man, if it's not Monty, it's got to be Tyler Jenkins. In my mind, what he did with this Grizzlies team, the record without jaw, the system he's implemented. I hope beyond hope that it might happen, but Grizzlies small market team, who knows what'll happen. They did give it to, you know, the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau last year. That was a fun one. <laughs> Man, I'd love to see the Grizzlies get it. I also wouldn't mind Eric Spolstra. I mean, what he's been able to do with the Miami Heat, uh, get them to the top spot in the Eastern Conference, the third overall record in the NBA. Um, you know, just shout it out. But I also love your Nick Nurse take. If we didn't start the season as poorly as we started, we definitely have a shot at Coach of the Year there. Because the Tampa Bay Raptors were so bad and are such a distant memory at this point that we are just so good right now. It's a beautiful thing to say. Let's roll into these all-NBA teams. Let's rip through them really quickly. We'll have a little discussion if there's anything that really kind of throws you off, Matt. But for my first team, it's pretty easy. Booker, Doncic, Tatum, Giannis, and Jokic. That's that's a good one, man. I, I like that you didn't you know put Jokic and Embiid on the same roster. Um, so I'll, I'll take that, man. I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I just can't do it, man. If they're if I can't put up, they don't play. They don't play power forward. I just won't do it. They don't. No man is a power forward. <laughs> uh, and then for my second team, you know, my the rotations are going to be a little weird here for a lot of people. But I got John Curry. 
you know, as my guards. I'm going to give Damar some love as my three guy, Durant as my four, and Embiid gets in there as my last man. Man, honestly, uh, that's not bad. I think... I think I would might I might have Trey Young as a guard up there. Steph Curry was great, but he was also injured for most of the season. Um, I think Trey Young's got to be on my team. I love Demar's there. Kevin Durant, Jaw, and Embiid are, are kind of locks at this point. Um, but I I would throw Trey Young. Trey Trey is the creme de la creme of my third team. Don't you worry, he's up there. I actually have Drew Holiday. As the second guard on that thing, I think defense gets ignored on all-around play, and I think he has been a stud for this Milwaukee team. And then to round it out, I got LeBron, Pascal, and Cat. Because I gotta give LeBron some love. He had a fantastic season, even throughout things. And Pascal deserves all NBA. It's just a fact. If Pascal was doing what he did and had a bigger name in the NBA, he would almost be second team. Um, I think third team is definitely, definitely deserving for this man. I think LeBron's got to get it. Like, year 19 in the league, averaging 30 points. Cat had a great season for this squad, and, and CP3's got to be on an All-NBA team this year. And Unfortunately, like, the guard, guard spots are real tight up there with, you know, Jaw, Trey, Luca, Steph, Devin Booker, like, his own teammate. It's, it's, it's a tough one up there. Yeah, I, I, CP3 is probably going to be on there, but I had to give a little love to Drew because this is my list. It's not anybody else's list. You know, I don't get a vote, so at least I get to have an opinion here. But, you know, I, I think that the top of the league is how it is. My favorite part about this list is those four spots. We talk about the best players in the league and Giannis and KD. Well, who's on my third All-NBA team for the four spot? That'll be Pascal Siakam right there. Come on, guys. Give Pascal his love. He deserves it. Absolutely, man. Get Pascal on an All-NBA team. Um, if you want to do rookies, we can. I mean, I really want to get to Raptors chat, though, my friend. Uh, I just want to shout out Herb Jones and Bones Highland, two rookies that deserve to be on the second team but probably won't be. But, yeah, let's move into Raptors chat. Hey, friend. man, there's a lot of deserving candidates with Chris Duarte. I think Jalen Green's going to get on the first team, even though he might not deserve it just because he was a second-round pick or second-overall pick. But we all know Scotty right? Evan and Cade Cunningham. Also, Franz Wagner's got to be first team. If Green gets up there, it's because of those huge 30-point games he has at the end of the season. What are you doing for me right now? But let's talk Raptors. Let's talk about this series that the media is potentially already saying. Is it over? Is it not over? Are the Raps going to do it? Like, for the first time, we are in this weird place where who knows who's going to win? Dude, I think most people have always been talking about the Raptors as this you know also ran franchise the the team that even when we were the higher seed back in the day with Demar and Kyle was kind of food and was kind of like you know we can take this team we can take the higher seed we can beat them i remember when we played the indiana pacers with paul george and i think we squeaked out the win but i they were the 7 seed we were the second seed and they took us to 7 man it was a tough game and i remember being nervous I've never felt this confidence out of our fan base as I do going into this series. I think when you talk about the series, we're the matchup problem. That Philadelphia drew the lower seed that they didn't want to draw. That we have the players to shut them down. And it's 
man, I've been saying it for weeks, man. Give me Philadelphia. I want to see it, and I'm not scared. James Harden has no burst. The man can't even dunk anymore. Like, give him to us. Give him to us. I like how young we are against Philadelphia, especially James Harden, obviously, but Philly's in a very tough place, you know? There's so many reasons why it can go wrong for Philadelphia, and there's so little reasons for the Raptors to be worried about this, that, or the other thing, because again, these boys, these guys, they went through the struggles in Tampa Bay. They went through the pain of a full road season. I can't wait for game three when they get to come back to Scotiabank, the roar of the crowd, and if if we can steal one of those first two games, man, it might just be over at that point because I'm excited for what Nurse can do. I'm excited for what the team can do. Like, it's going to be such a fun series either way. And Jurassic Park is going to be open for the first time in forever. It's going to oh, be the man. first playoff game in Scotiabank Arena since the 2019 championship game winning NBA Finals game. Oof. I mean, it's just chilling for Raptors fans to feel this way. And when you really look at the matchups, because their bench is pretty thin, the 76ers, and they're going to lose Thibault for the three games in Toronto, we just need to get that one game in Philly. And then it's not only home court advantage is ours, it's the absolute advantage is ours. Because they're losing a roster player that they depend on to be able to guard Gary Trent Jr. and Fred, who I think Thibault's given them a ton of trouble this year. So Absolutely. not having him in Toronto, it's just going to make us that much more dangerous here. And I think we've got our three games here, like, knock on wood, but... Man, I think we've got this, man. I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like we've got it. It's it's going to be important that we stay healthy and we have our whole team because we are a team basketball dynamic. You know, we talk about how we don't have that superstar, even though Pascal is playing up to stardom. He's getting there in moments that matter, but we have to be healthy. You think about the games that we, we missed without OG, the losses we took against some of those better teams. Matt, we are the second best ranked defensive team against the top eight teams in the league. When it comes down to it, we step up and we're ready to play. So you know what? Maybe, hopefully, James Harden does have good times because maybe if he comes out in his trash, we might play trash to follow it, but at the end of the day, I believe in these boys, I believe in this squad, the basketball that we've played, and I think Nurse can helm this team through Philadelphia. Well, that's the other major advantage that we have, is that we have Nick Nurse, who actually, if you watch the Raptors show, listen to the Raptors show with Will Lou and Alex, um, shout out to Alex for his take on, you know, we're playing with house money, but we want to double it. And also the fact that they called out the fact that Doc Rivers doesn't have a doctorate, Nick Nurse has a doctorate. So if there's one doc in the series, it is Nick Nurse, and we are going to out-coach these guys. That, and I know Freddie was hurt, and I know OG was hurt, but this week was a rehab week for them. It was a reset week for them. And Nick came out and he said, you know, OG was a little sore after the Knicks game. That might be gamesmanship. That might not be tipping your hand. But he's got the whole week to get healthy. He's got the whole week to rest up. And I think the boys are feeling themselves. Dad Young's talked about the 
confidence that is just brimming from these young guys, the detailed game plans that they get and the you know, the cheat sheets that they get on the other teams. I and Pascal, man, I think he's ready for this. He was talking about it the other day, you know, going at Joel Embiid and he's not afraid to, to do that. But he was saying that which I love to hear it's all about making the right read. So if it's kicking out the ball, he's got to kick out the ball. If it's driving and, and going over top of somebody, that's what he has to do. But it's all about reading the game. He can't tell you before the game what's going to happen because he has to be in the game, which that's the Pascal I want to hear, man. That's the Pascal. Uh, ab- absolutely. The boys are locked in. They're hungry. They're ready to go. And, you know, pundits talk about how you have to be top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense to make your way through a championship. It's just how it is. And I'm sorry to say that we may not be the best offensively, but we're top 10 defense all the time. And when it comes to the fourth quarter in the clutch, we become a top 10 offense in the league. So at the end of the day, this Raptors team is ready. Precious is shooting 36% on threes, confidently lights out good. The conversation has to be about Scotty then at the end of the day. Well, I just want to bring it back to Precious. He's at 39% after the All-Star break, and not on a small <laughs> sample size, my friend. I mean, 39 of 100 or whatever. The guy's been hitting it, and in those you know Philadelphia games just recently, he had a transition stop-up three like he was Kevin Durant over LeBron James. He hit step-back threes above the break. He's not just hitting the corner threes anymore, and that young is almost automatic from the corner. But you're right. If coming down to to Scotty, because Scotty has not looked the best against Philadelphia, at least not the Scotty that we're accustomed to seeing. My hope is that the kid's energy, the kid's livelihood, his excitement to be in the playoffs will keep him grounded to a certain extent. You know, he's a smart kid. He knows he's surrounded by veterans that have been here before and know what they're doing. There are champions on this roster. And my hope is that he can focus on finding his role in this series and that he can support Pascal. He can support Freddie. He can support OG and be that guy, be that Draymond Green role for this organization. Because, I'm sorry, Philadelphia doesn't have that type of player. They don't have somebody who can do a little bit of everything, be that versatility. And I think if Scotty uses the intelligence that we know he has, I think he can come in. But again... Rookie in the playoffs is always a scary thought. Absolutely, man. It's it's going to be tough to see where he, where he is, and um, I hope that you're right. That his just infectious personality is what kind of drives the team, and his his do anything to win, not need to be the center of attention mentality, just is going to come through, which I I think it will. Um, the the scariest part for me is that we're all talking like James Harden is going to be like the fifth, sixth best player in this series. Like for me, I've got, you know, Embiid at one, Siakam, Freddie, two, three, um, probably OG or Gary Trent. We're talking all around game here, guys. Yeah, all around game. All around game. And then Maxi, And yeah. And then like Harden's not even on that list for me. And he does have a track record of being a great player and has shown that even this season, but he does shrink in the playoffs. He's never closed out a series in his life. I mean, people are talking about, you know, the 
the Raptors don't have closers. I'm pretty sure we've won an NBA championship with a few guys that have been on this roster. Pascal Siakam may or may not have hit the game-winning shot to win the championship in Game 6. Um, y'all don't watch basketball, apparently, but what has Joel Embiid and James Harden ever closed in their life? Nothing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, right, Matt? And Doc's going to have to figure some things out. Philly's going to have to figure some things out. I hope they don't figure out the fact that they should stop playing DeAndre Jordan because he has not been good. Whenever Joel sits, this team falls apart. And we have to talk about Tobias as well because Tobias hasn't been playing well. There are certain things that Philadelphia needs to figure out if they want to be successful against our boys. Man, Glenn is loving the DeAndre Jordan minutes in the or DeAndre or Andre Drummond minutes. <laughs> Get those two players confused. In the in the minutes that Joel Embiid sits, I think though when Joel Embiid sits, it's not even that they are like can't even play you know 50 50 basketball is that they get blown out when he's not on the court and what's going to happen is harden is just going to go dribble 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 step back three and that is exactly what i want to see man i think we're too much of an offensive rebounding threat for them to just be able to shut that down you know joel Embiid, if he gets pulled out of the paint they've got nobody else to stop us we have what seven eight six eight guys and above who can all play in the series and precious achua man is probably our best defender against Joel Embiid, and the guy's been lights out from beyond the arc so i think we've we've got the advantages which is just something that as a raptors fan you're not used to saying it's just something that you're not used to saying and, and even when we do have the advantages, we never we never know about it or think we know about it because nobody ever says it. So we're like questioning ourselves, like, are we actually is this is this happening? Is this is this legit? Right? So it's exciting. It's 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 awesome. And at the end of the day, Matt, if we go out and we lose a seven game series in the first round and the boys play well, but it's just not enough because this that the other thing, cool. This was a season with no expectations, and we know what the future holds for our roster. But if the magic can happen, if the boys can bring it together, the sky is the limit on this year's playoffs. Well, I think that's that's the other best part, right? Like, all the pressures on James Harden and Joel Embiid, even if James Harden doesn't think that he has to prove anything, he does, man. I mean, they're definitely going to pay him next year, but at the end of the day, it's going to look awful if they lose in the first round. And, you know, they people say that we don't have the stars, we don't have the players. We have four top 50 scores in the NBA by points per game average. OG at 17, Gary at 18 a game, Freddie at 20, and Siakam at 22. We have enough between just those four, plus you add in Scotty's 15, to get to 90 on a consistent basis. And you don't have to throw in an Achua 3, an Achua... Um, Boucher combo play, man. I kind of want to call the bench the triplets, you know, between yeah, Cam, yeah, yeah. Precious, and Achua. And you even throw Trat, uh, Thad Young, you could do the quad triplets. Like, they're all similar players who provide similar things and ex- and know what they need to provide in the minutes that we don't have our starters on the floor. Oh, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be fun. We're going to have so much time to break down more raps chat because this time next week we'll be three games into the series you know 
we've got game one NBA playoffs on Saturday. I can't wait. I've got the day off. I'm going to be throwing the jersey on. We got the Scotty Barnes hat. It's going to be all lit and fire. And then we got game two on Monday, game three Wednesday, before we get to chat, before game four on the following Saturday. It's going to be good, man. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a wild time. Um, hey, we thought the Raptors were going to be in the playoffs at this point. Um, the fact that we actually have a favorable matchup as the lower seed with that house money, I mean, life life's going to get sweeter if we win, but it doesn't get much better than this right now, my friend. You want to do some, some mystic predicts or mystic takes and some, some hot predictions or whatever? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be bold today, man. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be mystic as all galore. I talked about it earlier. I want it for the Warriors. I want it, but I just, I want it so much more for Jokic. I want it really badly, and I could be absolutely wrong here. The the Warriors could be on their way to a return to dynastic form, but Nuggets in seven. Let's go, Joker. Man, that's a bold one. Um I don't know if I'm if this is really bold because Luca's gonna be hurt and I I said it before but I think Utah's got him man I think that Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs is gonna be that guy and without Luca being that guy it's they're done it's so yeah, sad the question the question will be is can Dallas hold in those first few games you know win the games that matter in Dallas because the thing is if they can hold their two games. And then lose the two games, it'll be a 2-2 series, and Luka will have had a week and a half to heal. You know what I mean? Dude. That's why I'm like, If he misses four games, it might be 3-1, 4 nothing already. So, That's like, what I'm saying. They have to hold. I don't know if they can, man. I don't know if they no. can. Uh, time will tell. Anything else, my dude? Nah, man. I think we're good. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Check out Twitter and Facebook. At the Board Sports, like, subscribe, thumbs up, check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. It's playoffs time. And we'll talk to you next time.